Can the restaurant industry survive the coronavirus shutdown? Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business Magazine, and in this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Ed Dougherty. He's the chairman and CEO of Dougherty Enterprises, one of the largest franchisee companies in the United States, with 146 Applebee's, Panera Breads, Chevy's, and Quaker Steak and Lube locations. Ed is one of the restaurant industry's nicest guys. Last week, Ed had to furlough his nearly 8,000 employees after sales plunged 85% when dine-in sales were forbidden. He talks about doing that with a staff filled with employees who've been with his company for decades. And he talks about other steps he had to take to keep going and what it's going to take to remain in business. Ed gives us thoughts about what the government needs to do to keep the restaurant industry from feeling the devastating effects of the shutdown. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Ed Darty. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Jonathan. Good to speak with you today. So, Ed, uh, tell me a little bit. First off, how many uh, restaurants are you operating right now, and and where are they? Where do they stand at the moment? Well, we we currently operate 146 restaurants. We have Applebee's, Panera, and we have Chevy's Mexican restaurants, Quaker Steak and Lube, and two of our own brands, Quintino Wine Bar and the Shannon Rose. Uh, our restaurants are located in New York, primarily in Long Island and parts of New York City, New Jersey, and Florida. Mm-hmm. And are they, are they, I mean, how many of them are closed and what are their status at the moment? Well, right now we've closed our nine specialty restaurants, which are the Chevy's Quaker Steak and Lube, Shannon Rose and Spuntino. They're, you know, casual restaurants with, with very little uh, delivery or takeout business. Uh, of our about a hundred Applebee's, we've closed two of them to date. More will be closed in the next week. And of our 42 Paneras, we've closed four so far. Our Paneras are on Long Island and parts of New York City, and we've closed uh, four of them. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate closing more of your restaurants as some of these uh, measures take hold, or or not? Yes, yes. Anyway. Uh, the, the mandated shutdown started on uh, St. Patrick's Day in New York and New Jersey. And our sales w- have gone down 85% since that time. Prior to that, our, our delivery and takeout car side to go business was about 15 to 16% of our sales. And it appears in the first five or six days in those two states, it's staying about that same 15 or 16 percent. So if we had a restaurant that does $10,000 a day in sales, we are now doing $1,500 a day in sales. In Florida, the mandated closure started yesterday. Prior to that, Dade County in Florida, around Miami area, started a couple of days before that. Uh, in Florida, we saw our sales drop from positive sales to minus 50% in about two and a half weeks. And as of yesterday, they were down uh, 87%. Wow. Wow. Now, how are the, are the, how are the Panera Breads doing? Panera, Panera is down around 75%. So we do a little bit more delivery takeout business with Panera. So mm-hmm. we're running somewhere uh, 20 20 to 25 percent of normal sales right so um now can you like from an operator's perspective 
you you've been in this business a little bit. How long could you go on? You're a pretty strong operator. You've been doing this for a while. Um, you know, assuming you know in 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 really solid shape. How I mean, how long can you last like this? Okay, so let me, let me start by saying actions we took in the last week. So mm-hmm. I mentioned to you, I have 146 restaurants. Okay. We have 8,000 employees, of which 7,500 are, you know, team members, hourly employees in the restaurants. We basically furloughed and or laid off 95% of those people and have maintained our managers to operate at this uh, 15% of normal business. We, uh, uh, when we closed the, the specialty restaurants, we laid everybody off. We laid off 50% of our office staff and the remaining office staff and field support people took cuts of 30 to 50%. I personally eliminated my salary. We're eliminating all non-essential costs. We, uh, notified our banks that we cannot pay them principal and interest starting April 1st. We have notified our landlords we cannot make rental payments starting April 1st. Uh, That has been met with uh, resistance, as you would expect. But uh, in light of that, it's still we still cannot break even, even at a store level basis of control profits. If I Assume I have four managers in each restaurant to operate. Their, their, their daily cost is about $250 per manager. That's $1,000. I supplement that with two crew people with about six hours each and paying them $15 an hour in the New York, Long Island area. That's another 180 And my food and paper cost is about 32%, which is 320 that's $1,500 against my $1,500 in sales. And that doesn't count all my other operating costs of credit card bills, uh, utilities, uh, uh, office supplies, anything, trash, anything to think of. So it's, it's a dire situation. Right. So in other words, probably the answer to that question is you probably can't last very long like this. Um, no, even, I, I, you know, fortunately, that. we were fortunately we were reasonably well capitalized, mm-hmm. so we can we can probably last ninety days, uh, one hundred and twenty days. But a lot of that depends on on the banks deferring the principal and interest. And what we've asked them to do is not to defer it and have us pay it back in the next year, but to extend our terms, mm-hmm. the additional one, two, three, four months that we cannot pay and just add on to the term. The right. same thing with our landlords. We're saying we cannot pay you the rent and I can't pay you back the day we go back into business, but extend our terms, uh, uh, at least another three or four months, whatever we are closed and cannot pay rent rather than demanding it right away. These are. This has just happened in the last week. So we're scrambling and we're talking and we're begging and we'll see what happens. So and the landlords are a little bit more resistant to this. They, they, they some, some are saying, okay, we understand. We'll forgive April. Other ones are saying, we'll give you half rent in April. And other ones say, we have our own problems. We have our own mortgages. We need our rent. You signed a lease. Pay your rent. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's it's it, I'm afraid it could get uh, challenging at times unless the federal government steps in and stops arguing about little things and recognizes that they have to help businesses as right. well as helping people. And 
and it's not just small businesses of 500 less employees. I don't fall in that range. I have 8,000 employees. I'm not a big business like Darden or or Dine Equity or or Wendy's or Burger King or McDonald's. I'm in this you know this restaurant monitor. Uh, range of the top 200 or 300 franchisee operators in the United States. I fall within that that range. I'm probably the 15th or 17th largest in the country. And I cannot afford to, to go on much more than three or four months unless we have a major government bailout. Right, right. And I, I think it's, I think, I mean, to me, it seems like a couple of things. And in, in it's one, like when we're talking about, I mean, you're you know, a, a strong operator, and you're still telling me that you know you're your strong operator um, that is working out issues with your with your with your debt. You're talking to your landlords, and you you've cut to the bone, and you still can't. You still only have you know can operate for three or four months. And I could tell you, there's probably I probably don't need to tell you this. There's a large number of restaurant operators that that couldn't even come close to getting to three or four months like this. Um, in you know, with with you know, fifteen percent of their normal sales, um, right. so many operators out there that that um, are just on, um, you know, some <laughs> a month to month basis. So, what would it take from like what 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 would help if what would the federal government be able to do from your standpoint? What do you think, like as an operator, what what would you like to see? I have uh, sent letters to all of the senators in the four states I operate, all of the congressmen and women in the four states where I operate restaurants in their districts. And I've spoken personally to Senator Cory Booker and to Representative Josh Gottheimer uh, in New Jersey, where where my headquarters are. And what I've said to him is very simple. We need a restaurant recovery fund of, of grants and subsidies that provide direct release to the restaurant operators to protect our industry and support our employees. It's, it's great to say uh, there's unemployment insurance, but I'd rather have those employees work for me so when we're over this, they're already on a job, not, not that I have to go search for them and find them. So I said, if you're going to pay them money on unemployment, why don't you Give me that money, you, it, it, not as a loan, but as a gift to keep me open and operating and my employees working. And that makes them feel better and gets us over the hump. Mm -hmm. That's number one. N number two, we need payroll tax relief. We need sales tax relief. As it relates to rents, banks, the bank debt, mortgages, payments, we need a a temporary moratorium abatement of 60 to 90 days so landlords cannot be unreasonable. So the banks cannot be unreasonable and say, well, well, we'll not let you pay principal, but you have to pay interest. Well, I don't have the money to pay either. So we have to work together with the government, with our landlords, with our banks, with our other vendors, because we all have problems and we have to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. If we don't get to the other side, Many of us will not survive. Right, right. I think it's it's to me it's it's worth pointing out. And if you were, you recall back in the in the you know in the aftermath of the recession, and there were a huge number of of uh, huge number of restaurant companies, and particularly franchisees that were in 
absolutely, you know, that were really struggling. And, uh, you know, and then we had the credit crisis and they, a lot of banks called loans off of defaults. And, um, and so, and, and it was always, it always blew my mind at the time. I'm like, well, why are you doing this? You're going to have to do this over and over and over again. And you're going to put all these companies in the bankruptcy. And that's exactly what they did. So, I mean, the concern here is that they would still do that to a lot of operators. Um, you, you know, even though, I mean, this is, it's no fault of their own that this has happened. It's not as if you, you know, it's, it's not as if the restaurant industry has, is is acting in an irresponsible way by closing because the government tells them to. No, it, it is as it relates to the the crisis of two thousand eight two thousand nine with the banks. There was a liquidity issue with the banks at that time where they were struggling, and the government actually had to bail them out. Mm-hmm. Right. Today, the banks are flush with money because of the various laws that Congress enacted where they're, they're, in, they're in good shape. They, there's no need for a bank to put anybody in default at this point. And they need to work with all of their uh, borrowers, whether it's me or anybody else, to, to work out a, a reasonable way to pay them back. And the mm-hmm. easiest way is to make believe the world freezes, let's say, April 1st. And whenever this crisis is over, whether it's June 1st or July 1st and no one knows, have the world unfreeze at that point and then take up as if it never never happened in between. Mm-hmm. And rather than deferring it and say, oh, you have to pay it back in the next year. Well, if, if my landlords say I have to pay it back in the next year, if the banks say I have to pay it back in the next year, if my franchisors say I have to pay my royalties back in the next year, there isn't enough sales and profit in this business. As, as you know, Jonathan, in the restaurant business, on a net profit, we work on anywhere from four to six cents on a dollar. This is not a high margin business like tech or anything like this. This is a grinded out, just the way the supermarkets is a, is a, is a low margin business. Right now, the supermarkets are doing spectacularly well because people are afraid to go out. Uh, they're they're not mandated to close. We're mandated to close with the exception of delivery and takeout. So they're they're getting the benefit and we're getting clobbered. The hotel industry is getting clobbered. The cruise lines are getting clobbered. The airlines are getting clobbered. We, we all have to survive and get to the other end or there will be a massive unemployment in this country, which could lead to another depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Um... It's uh, uh, really impossible to imagine that something like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's impossible to imagine that something like that doesn't happen if, without some some sort of major intervention. Um, I mean, and certainly, I mean, it certainly makes a lot more sense to me that, like, look, we everybody says, like, every, we got to take like a three-month time out. We're going to, you know, we're going to keep people home deliberately. Everybody just take a break. Don't, you know, you know, don't evict somebody, don't call the loan, don't do that sort of thing. You know, let's just push everything three months down the line and, uh, you know, like extend your lease for three months, extend the loan for three months, whatever. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then that would give, you know, operators the chance to be able to, you know, stay, stay in business for crying out loud um, off of something like that, because it would seem to be economically absolutely devastating to enable, um, 
you know, to enable these companies to be put into bankruptcy. And frankly, I don't think our bankruptcy courts could handle it, which is the other thing. There's no no bankruptcy court on earth has the docket room to be able to handle the number of bankruptcies that are coming from the restaurant industry unless something changes um, and something prevents that from happening to me because it's it's impossible to imagine. Um, and, and what, and what, Jonathan, what we need is the federal government to take leadership on this and not leave it up to 50 different states. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it, it makes it too challenging to give you an example. Last week was the worst day. I've been in business 35 years. Last week was the worst day of my business life when I had to lay off about 7,500 hourly employees. Many of these people worked for me for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. I've watched them grow up. I've watched them get married. I know their kids. Uh, we have a Wow a Friend Foundation where we help where we help them if they get in financial trouble. Uh, all of my hourly employees get paid time off. Okay, all of my hourly employees, if they want to participate, participate in our medical benefit programs. Where the, my company picks up seventy percent of the cost, and they pick up thirty percent of the cost. And and I wanted to put them. I put them on furlough which means they're still an employee of the company. They can go on unemployment, but they retain their tenure and they retain their medical benefits. And I even offered to pay the month of April's employee contribution towards that to make sure they wouldn't lose that if they couldn't afford it. And then, you know, Governor Cuomo, who's doing a great job leading this, right or wrong, says we're going to require all employers of more than 500 people to do a mandatory 14 additional sick days if somebody gets sick with coronavirus. And I have 3,000 employees in New York State. The experts say somewhere between 40 and 80 percent of Americans will get coronavirus. I go, if 50 percent of my 3,000 people get coronavirus that's 1500 people which i would have to pay 14 sick days which is 2.7 million dollars i don't have 2.7 million dollars they already have their paid time off which is sick or vacation however they want to use it and i've, I've already given them that that money so i will have to switch to laying them off rather than furloughing them to protect and see if i can survive in the company in the, in, in the future, the company survived. That's not right. And we need federal leadership to avoid things like that or to say, okay, give them an extra 14 paid sick days, but the government will pay for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So tell, so you tell us what, um, what, what day did you furlough your workers and tell us a little bit about that day if you could. I, we made the decision on Tuesday night to furlough furlough 7,500 people and close our nine specialty restaurants. Mm -hmm. And we had conference calls with, with my senior leaders, my vice presidents and some of the directors reviewing the situation and what we have to do in order to survive and to let our people know that this is, this, this is the, the last day they're working and we have to go to only running the restaurants with 
three or four members of management with one or two uh, hourly workers filling them in. It's 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 it was heartbreaking. I, I, I probably cried. My wife probably cried three times that day as we're going through this. And I'm calling people that I know for a long time and telling them. And I'm explaining it to our area directors that handle five or six uh, restaurants. We had major conference calls and explain to the general managers. And I have to tell you, our employees were very sympathetic. Nobody was mad at us. They understood the crisis. And all they want to do is get back to work as quickly as possible once this crisis is solved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've never, uh, obviously, you've never had a day like this in your in your career. Have you seen anything that's come close to this? No. In, in, in 1991 and 1992, I was a Roy Rogers franchisee, if you remember Roy mm -hmm. Rogers restaurants, and they were bought by Hardee's and, and for different reasons that the, the, the brand of 800 restaurants fell apart and we, we did not go bankrupt. We almost went bankrupt. We recovered. We, we protected all our employees and we came out stronger as a Wendy's franchisee and an Applebee's franchisee starting in 1993 and, and moving forward. We survived that. Our people survived that. Uh, the, the next crisis was the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. And this was not, this that was, this, this is so much worse. It, it pales. That's nothing in 2008 and 2009 compared to this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 2008 and 2009, everybody was open. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and, we, and we got through it. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it, you know, we've gotten through, I've gotten through, Three or four crises back in, in, in uh, 2016, 2017, when Applebee's had their issues on, on, on changing who they are and what they were. And our sales went down across the United States. We survived that and got through that and, 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 and came out stronger at the other end. This, mm -hmm. is, this is unbelievable. Right. Yeah, and I put this into perspective. I mean, like, like that depth, like the, you know, the, the hand-cut steak issue. Right. That Applebee's went through. That was like your same same sort of sales were down what in the seven seven to ten percent range at that particular yep. time, yeah. Yep. And so, and your same store sales now are down eighty five percent. Eighty five percent. And that's and that's not and that's not including the restaurants that have closed and will close. This is just the open restaurants are down eighty five percent. Right. Right. So this is just. Uh, I mean, like nothing is really comparable. I mean, I was I was likening it to I was like. It's it's a sort of like September 11th and the credit crisis wrapped up into one, and this right. is still worse. Right. Yeah. You know, my, my 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 business on an annual basis prior to this did somewhere between 475 million to 500 million dollars a year. Now, just think of t wiping out 85 percent of that starting on on March 17th and continuing forward. How do you survive something like that more than two or three months? Yeah. No, no, no. And I, I as I said, you know, there are a large number of restaurant companies that certainly can't get a month through this, let alone three. And, um, I mean, it, it's, it's impossible to imagine the number of restaurant companies that are going to close because of this. It's not like, it's not like you don't have all these other costs that you can just, you know, it, it's or it's not like you, you it's not like you just close and you have no costs. I mean, you have all no. these different fixed costs that you just have to pay one way or the other. Um, and, 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 if, if, and if, if you look at it, it, okay, people have to eat. So mm -hmm. 
before this started, about half the people ate their meals at home through supermarkets, and the other half bought it, whether it's delivery at home or, or eat in or, or eat in their office from restaurants. And, and so this crisis hits, and supermarkets are doing booming business. Uh, the quick service restaurants, where 75% of their businesses historically went through delivery or drive through they're down, the best I can guess, talking to friends in the industry, they're, they're down 20 to 40%, depending where they are and, and everything else. Then, then you have casual dining and, and family dining, which... Takeout and delivery is a small part of the business. Uh, and so we're down 85%. And then you take fine dining. And, I'll, and some of my specialties fall into to upscale fine dining. But fine dining, they're basically closed. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, Danny Meyer closed all his restaurants and laid off all his people in New York City. Yeah. Uh, every, every day I get another email from another group of fine dining restaurants that are, that are closing because they can't survive on delivery takeout. Yeah. Yeah. They can't do it. That's not what they're about. And, um, you know, you can't just say, well, do takeout and delivery. Well, that's just not what they're built for. And then it's just simply not what they've been designed to do. So they have a little, little choice, but to close. Um, I mean, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just kind of an unbelievably shocking turn of events to me. Um, the last, Two weeks have been. I don't. Uh, I never thought I'd see a, anything like it. Yeah, it, it it it's it's devastating because my one goal in life is to get all of my restaurants reopened and bring back all eight thousand of our people back to their jobs. The people that work for my company have a very good culture and and mm-hmm. uh, they they like working with Doherty. We have extremely low. Uh, turnover. Our management turnover historically is in the 15% range. Our crew hourly turnover is in the 75% range, which are both historically low numbers mm-hmm. for, for casual dining and fast casual. And and uh, I want to get them back. Two weeks ago, I was in one of my Chevy's restaurants, and the host was when I went in, the hostess there greeted me and she said, Ed, good to see you. I've been with you 14 years now, and thank you so much because you helped me. And four years ago, our 10th anniversary, we have a service awards dinner. She was there with her husband, and they looked—they didn't look happy. And this is a time of celebration of 10 years, 15, 20, 25 with our company. And I went over and said, Marie, what's wrong? And she goes, well, we're going to lose our house. And I said, what are you doing? She says, well, the finance company won't talk to us. And so I said, let me get my attorney and my CFO involved. I'm not sure I can help you, but let us analyze your bills, your income and everything else. And fortunately, we were able to help her. We were able to get her a different mortgage with longer terms that her and her husband could afford to pay. Her husband had been out of work, sick. And and she said to me, you changed my life. Well, two weeks later, I had to lay that woman off that's heartbreaking oh, that's 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 tough what would it take you to um uh to ramp things back up once this my, ends? my 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 goal is to keep all of my men all of my managers working close as few restaurants as possible and move the ones to other ones so they're on the payroll they can move 
writing. We've mm-hmm. set up a communications plan that anybody that gets laid off gets emails or phone calls every week from the company saying, this is what's going on. This is what what we're doing. And if you need anything, give us a call and we'll help you. We're trying to keep the communication line open with everybody. But if I keep my restaurants open and if I keep my managers working, they have the relationship with, with all of their, their hourly staff and they can call them up immediately and get them right back in. We don't have to spend time getting food in, cleaning the restaurants, everything else. We can, we can ramp up from, you know, $1,500 a day to, to five to six to seven to eight. It's not going to ramp up overnight. It's going to take time to come back, but we'll, we'll be set to go if I can keep those restaurants operating. Mm-hmm. And the key is keeping those operating because it's much harder to reopen a closed store than that. That is correct. Right, right. Right. Is there anything, if anybody's listening out there, what can they do to help uh, employees and in, in the industry? Well, one, if they could go out to re- restaurants that are open nearby them to take delivery, to take out, car side, whatever it is to help support the, the people that are working. If they're still in a community where the restaurants are open, go into those restaurants, tip big, because these workers are suffering and mm-hmm. and and uh, you, that shows compassion that shows a community coming together yeah yeah i've uh, probably doubled at least doubled my restaurant spending since this happened probably great i wish you lived in the area where one of my restaurants were yeah yeah well i mean it's it's uh i i think it's important i mean the thing is like i've um it's uh uh, yeah, it's a devastating. I've because uh, I've never seen anything like it. Ed, this was um, absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you joining us this week. It was my pleasure, Jonathan. Uh, and hopefully, next time we talk, it'll be under much better circumstances. And that is it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You can find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and wherever you find podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business Magazine, your host and the podcast producer. Thank you for listening.